Hey, what's up, everybody? We're uh, let's see here. So, going live. I don't have anybody to bring on this time because he's sitting right here. <laughs> Hope you guys are doing well tonight. We're uh, we're here at Smoker Builder HQ. We'll go shut this fan off real quick. What's happening, everybody? Frank, cutting down some noise here before yeah, we get I started. Had the, had the fan running. Did you get you something to drink? Uh, not yet. Not yet? <laughs> Fidget, the fridge ain't far. It's right over it's there. It's not. It's not too far. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome to the night. Uh, this is a Happy Hour Podcast, and I got my bro Aaron with me here today in person at Smoker Builder <laughs> HQ. That normally doesn't happen, but, you know, things are changing around here, huh? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> a, little, a little closer drive for me now. Yeah, it's like, what, 10 miles? It's about 10 miles. Ish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So uh, Aaron has made the trek to move up here closer to HQ. We got some cool things planned. I'm really excited. And uh, hey, what's up? And uh, we're we're live right now on Facebook in two places and on YouTube. And uh, before we jump right into some of the content we're going to talk about tonight, uh, I wanted to actually let you know that we have a 40% off sale right now on smokerplans.net. It started an hour ago and it lasts until midnight central time. So uh, anyway, if you're looking for a set of plans, go to smokerplans.net. I don't know. You can do it right now if you want, but can't go be, afterwards. Can't be good. 40%. That's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, 40% off. You can buy like 100 plans if you want. It doesn't even matter. So what's up, David? Hey, Matt. Hey, Richard. How you guys doing? Glad you're here. So uh, anyway, what I wanted to talk about tonight, and I told you guys in the title of the thing, is like I've got a situation going and, well, actually, I went live on Instagram earlier, Aaron, and uh, I was uh, telling them on Instagram that I've got a situation going, not on my cooker, but another kind of cooker that I build for another company. And uh, I've got an issue going on with some coatings and stuff and some steel color and things like that. And uh, I kind of had to uh, I had to kind of bring uh, Aaron in to, to help me uh, coach me a little bit on what to do there. That's, so, that's just because I ran into that <laughs> so more much, times than yeah. I want to admit. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Aaron here is a professional when it comes to uh, all of that stuff, and uh, it's it's really good to uh, have his insight on some of that stuff. Yep. Hey, wow, you're on Facebook too. Howdy. I, I can't tell who you are if you're in the group. By the way, what's up, Kevin Petrus? How you doing? Um, so anyway, cheers, everybody. It's happy hour. I better get something to drink. Yeah, he's gonna get something to drink. But uh, anyway, I'm really excited to talk about that. And then, uh, you know, just like some different coatings and stuff we can do with, with metal, bare metal, how to, how to uh, deal with that. But then also like just the design aspects of things, because we did that in, in the welding class. If you remember a couple of weeks or a couple of classes ago, we was going to take the opportunity in here to kind of cut up on some stuff and do some live action design. And, uh, you know, one thing that I've, found with building pits is that it's really easy to do the mechanical part and get things to to proportion right and fit but making it look good is a whole nother thing you know sure. and and so i'd like to talk to aaron a little bit about that in the meantime guys in the chat here uh comments on facebook or uh on on the youtubes there as well hit us with questions um i'm gonna wear him out here for a little bit and then i'm going to turn him <laughs> over to you guys and we're going to answer whatever technical questions you got so uh did you get moved in yet uh we're in, we're in the process yeah <laughs> I, I didn't realize how much crap you have until you move <laughs> especially when you when you uh move that far away yeah so yeah. I'm, I'm moving a house and a welding shop so yeah it's, it's been quite the task so so now you're down to like all the really heavy stuff right the good stuff all so the good stuff i had to bring yeah. all the mama stuff first and then leave <laughs> all the scrap and my cool yeah. steel last so yep makes it easier to bring it on then yeah <laughs> looks like the shirley boys are in the house uh-oh yeah but uh trouble yeah that way they were trouble last time we were all up here together so those guys but, aren't quiet no they're not <laughs> but uh yeah so as far as that goes um yeah you got a bigger shop now yep. at the new place my shop grew and yeah so did my yard yeah so. not not uh so cramped no i how, moved out of the city how's it how was it working i mean you haven't worked in this one yet but how was it working in a tight shop I well mean, you know it's um 
I mean, there's a lot of stuff to run into. It's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of setting up mm-hmm. and then tearing down and then setting back up. It just didn't make any sense for some of the projects I was getting into. So uh, I was just running out of room. Mm-hmm. I get frustrated at times, but then I would think, you know, there's a sailor somewhere that's out for <laughs> six months on a sub, and I yeah. just need to shut up and make it happen. Make it happen. Yeah, that's so right. I shut up a lot, and I just kind of figured it out. But Pressed it was, through. It was yeah. tough, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a huge challenge, I think, uh, for a lot of guys, especially if they're working in their family garage, you know, yeah, we're uh, in their, you know, they pull their car out, get the stuff oh, out. You oh, know, yeah, it, it can be really challenging just having to uh, drag all the stuff out and get it set sure. up, you know, sure, and then clean it up every single time. So the wife don't run over a piece <laughs> of steel in the garage when she pulls in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've never had a garage with a vehicle yeah. in it. We've always had a garage with equipment in equipment it. Equipment in it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's going to be really cool. Maybe we can do some stuff over at your shop. I think we're talking about building a 500-gallon uh, wood stove. Yep, yeah, we got a bunch of stuff. For, uh, for a guy here locally, he's got a big uh, – uh, it's a it's a big hobby – well, it's a $13 million farm, I guess. So oh, it's wow. not a hobby farm, but <laughs> – the farm is a hobby, like that massive farm is. And uh, they've got a big train depot where the guy, not the new owner, but the old owner had like scaled down model trains yeah. and a railroad that went all the way around the whole 1900 acres. Whoa. And, uh, but the train cars were like, you know, three and a half, four foot tall, okay. but it was like legit, like train cars and wow. engines and a big old turntable at the end of that and all Dang. of that stuff. And, Those guys uh, are committed when they decide yeah. to build that. Yeah, <laughs> but everything was scaled down, you know, to make the train car. The train rails were probably fourteen inch centers, you know. Wow, that's a and new meaning for the narrow track, it, right? It really was, man. <laughs> so I got to see all of that, and I saw the the shop where they parked all the trains and that, and that's what we're heating with that wood stove. Is oh, that, cool. is that big old shop? So they should just give us one of the old. Uh, cars and That's, then we'll convert it <laughs> there you go yeah so they they ripped out the railroads they ripped out all the the shop stuff you know they had a big building that was the turntable when the train pulled in it would rotate the train oh, they yeah. could turn around and go back you know yeah um, they pulled all that out so anyway he's turning it into wow. just a workshop down there and uh, that's what this is for. But awesome. So yeah, we'll be working on that together. Um, you're you got the fixing to build yourself a personal pit. Yeah. For the new I, house. Part of moving out here, uh, the thirteen hundred miles from Phoenix was <laughs> just liquidating everything that I didn't need yeah. or I couldn't replace because it's going to be bucks to travel that all the way over. Oh so yeah. Mm-hmm. I did. I had a five hundred gallon tank that I mm-hmm. said goodbye to. Yeah. A two forty gallon, and it was tough because like you know it took a while to acquire these things and mm-hmm. get them home and unloaded. And, and then all of a sudden I would just sell, sell, yeah. sell. But, mm-hmm. So now I'm ready to get back to it yeah. and, and build something a little bit bigger. So are you really going to build with the, the spare parts? Oh there? yeah. Yeah. Oh, why not? So, yeah. so I got those other tank parts that I cut up and cleaned up. Joe and I did, we were going to build them, but uh, Aaron's going to take over. I'm going to just build them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stealing them. There you go. So we'll get more. The other thing I'm really excited about, and I got to do it pretty fast though, because you're going to be gone, I think, when I do it, but for your next load, probably. Maybe. But we was talking last night about an open fire pit uh, for the other side of my trailer. Oh, yeah. And uh, I've got to cook on it in two weeks. So I got to get it done. But um... well, Frank's putting more <laughs> more details on it as the, as the clock dwindles. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> basically, we're going to take a 500 gallon tank and we're going to cut like more than a normal 90 degrees like what would you call that like we call it i call it like pac-man extended yeah it'll be farther open <laughs> and then we're going to roll it up to where that top side is open all the time we can hang stuff off of that it's almost so, like a, a ba- an old school baby bonnet with that yeah profile. yeah yeah that profile it's open so yeah anyway i'll be working on that hopefully you'll be back maybe i don't know we can Maybe get it on there. Maybe I can get it under myself and kind of get it usable, and then we'll let Aaron like take over. <laughs> we'll outfit it. Gets back, sure. So, but yeah. So the the project I'm working on, the cooker's actually behind Aaron over here. One of, the, but we're not going to show it really. <laughs> so don't move. <laughs> uh, it's another. It's another company that I'm I got running right now. That's got some smokers I'm building, and some of you guys probably heard about it through the email blasts and stuff. But what happened is it's a production model cooker and they're all linseed oil finished. And what happened is 
there I use hot roll or HRPO and on that on that material. So it's got a darker finish. And what happened is uh, I got a mixed batch of material. So it's just got regular P&O on it, which is really bright finish, almost silver, you know. And then that, that's married up to a pizza HRPO. And it really put me in a bind because I, I got I'm trying to get inventory scaled up, you know, and stuff like that. And I didn't want to I didn't want to say no to the material. Um, so because the material's fine other than it's wrong color. So we had to get kind of crafty, I yeah. guess. Yeah. yeah. And I had to make it's a risky deal. So we're gonna what did you always say with it? If you're gonna mess it up. If you're gonna if it's bad or let's say you know you said something off cuff i always love the advice of doubling down so <laughs> if you made if something's not right or screwed up you just gotta run with it and yeah. let it play its course double down make it worse <laughs> it'll be better by the time you're done i guess yeah so, well right now you're revealing all your cards and how it yeah. bothered you and it wasn't that yeah. but if you had said nothing nobody would know the build and made it finish <laughs> as best it could be it, nobody would know the difference yeah yeah. So, so that's kind of the, the theory here. Um, and that, that basically we're going to be talking about, I actually ordered it last night. There's a company called Jax, J-A-X, and uh, they make a blackening uh, solution. Yeah. I have no idea what it is. It's just like a chemical. It's I guess. similar to like if you were to uh, gun bluing your, mm -hmm. your barrel or your stock mm -hmm. or not your stock, but you know, it'll, it's yeah. like a bluing agent. Yeah. Yeah. So it has some kind of a chemical reaction of some kind that literally gets in the material and will blacken it like pickles it, I guess yeah. it, mm -hmm. it is basically what it is. It's like a pickling thing and uh, that chemical reaction. And then you rinse it off. You neutralize the acid. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Do you neutralize it or yeah. do you just rinse it? Well, yeah, I think you are neutralizing it. Well, By not, rinsing it. Yeah. Uh, you're kind of cutting down the process. So yeah. um, some of that stuff, it'll have a gradual scale to its uh, activation or its final color. And you just kind of stop it along the way when you when you mm -hmm. hit it. So so that's kind of what uh, spurred this part of the conversation tonight that we'll be having is uh, is just kind of figuring, learning a little bit about like how to be creative with coatings. You know, as as we all know, paint right now is like I went and priced a quart of Rust-Oleum high heat paint was thirty seven dollars yesterday. Wow! And I remember when that was like eleven dollars. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but it was thirty, thirty-five, thirty-seven dollars, and uh, that, that's ridiculous. I, I mean, it's just like I, it's, it's a, a lot bit, of money. Yeah. yeah, and and that paint doesn't even stay on. Well, like, that's that's my. I want to bring that up today too. Is like what mm -hmm. what paint does stay on mm -hmm. for the buck? You know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're going to be chewing on here, guys, and uh, a little bit of design talk here as we go. But if you uh, if you've got questions, like I say, hop down in the chat there. Um, hit us up. I'll go back through and read them here in about, oh, another 20 minutes. We'll start hitting questions. Um, but one more time, I want to tell you, right now we're having a 40% off sale at smokerplans.net tonight for the happy hour sale. It started an hour ago, and it goes till midnight Central Standard Time. So if you buy one set of plans or you buy 100, it doesn't matter, 40% off. So that's CNC files the whole bit. So smokerplans.net if you want to. So. Otherwise, you can miss out and pay full price. I don't know. Or just don't have plans and figure it out a lot on your own, I the guess. plans are really nice to have, you know, despite what you may think, yeah. you know. It's great to reference yeah. the plans. So so speaking of that then, um, so as far as, like, tell us a little bit about, like, the different kinds of, you know, just treatments that are out there, like okay. a few that you're familiar with. Well, I think primarily the barbecue world is going to deal with hot rolled and mm -hmm. possibly cold rolled. Mm -hmm. uh, the hot roll you'll see on a lot of the heavier quarter plates, and it's that black look that mm -hmm. has a steel. Uh, that's that happens at the mill. The mill mm -hmm. um, when they produce that and it rolls out, mm -hmm. uh, that's just part of the process of uh, what the steel is uh, used for. You know, mm -hmm. uh, its its end result is going to determine what exactly it is. So you mentioned like a a pickling um, mm -hmm. steel that you got. So that has a different color than mm -hmm. a raw piece of steel, which would be almost like a bright silver, like a dime. Mm -hmm. Well, not that bright, but pretty close. Yeah. And then uh, the mill scale, which has like uh, a dark, a blackened look to it. So mm -hmm. that's the hot roll. Mm -hmm. Hot roll will only come like that on 16 gauge and up mm -hmm. in the thickness. So with all of those, they're all steel and they all have a, a different coating on there. So 
If you don't like whatever coating's on there, chances are you can keep sanding, blasting, or removing and get it back to the bare metal. Yeah. Uh, so depending on how thick that is and the process you use, mm -hmm. you could do it easily. Uh, it could be a pain in the butt and you'd have to work it and possibly mm -hmm. warp your steel. Or you can just let it roll and, and make <laughs> it into the new, you know, depending double on. Double down. Yeah, you got to double down, <laughs> let, it, let it ride. Yeah. So, so as far as that goes, like, I, I really don't know. Like, are you familiar with, like, mill scale as far as, like, you just hit on it? When they make the steel at the plant, is that just a product of heat? Or is that a product that they actually, like, they coat it with that stuff? And you know, I'm it? not sure. I'm curious how that is. If, if somebody knows, maybe they can pop it down there in the chat and let us know. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> I never really knew. I just figured it was part of the heat process, you know? Yeah. But, you know, HRPO, hot rolled and then pickled and oiled. The pickled part is the chemical process that we're yeah. going to talk about. Yeah. And, so. and those are those are kind of put out there uh, almost like a pre-primer for things mm -hmm. that are get painted mm -hmm. or um, that can't have any surface rust right off the bat, you know. Yeah, just so to protect it. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like a pre-game for paint. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so hot rolled uh, or is usually like the really thick mill, mill yeah. scale mm -hmm. that's on there. Yeah. And then whenever you get uh, more precision metal like our coupons that we get in here, and the material that I have cut on a uh, uh, a laser, for instance, that's going to be HRPO, P and O. So they do pickle that. It's it's a lot less thick than mill scale. It's it's almost like like you don't like with you have to grind mill scale off a lot of yeah. times before you start to weld if you have to have a really good structural weld. Otherwise, you know, I've seen the I've seen you not burn all the way through the material. And it's a weak spot, and it'll just pop right off. Yeah. Or uh, it's anything like to, that to a good ground too. You'll run yeah. into that. So, P and O basically it's just pickled, and it's a lot thinner. I think is what you were talking about. Yeah. And and that's going to give you more of that uh, that real clean looking material. Like, it doesn't have the scale like mm -hmm. the like the darker mill scale does. Mm -hmm. It just kind of like a. Yeah. I don't know. Well, so the, like you said. so so for like plasma tables, uh, um, you know, laser machines, stuff like that, it's it cuts a lot cleaner. You, yeah. you don't have all that green smoke popping out sure. from under it and all that stuff. So what happens is it's a lot more friendly for that. But I like the color of the pickled in the world myself. Oh, okay, the, yeah, the best. That's just like what I like. You know, with oil, whenever you put the linseed oil on it. Like the ones behind us, it seems to darken up really good. Yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure. And I think I like that. You know, that sure. Dark. You like it on the with the mill scale or with the with the P and O. Yeah, like the gotcha. the mill scale, it'll get even darker, I guess. You know, yeah. and uh, like pipe, for sure. Instance. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, it won't get jet black, but it'll it'll mm -hmm. get very dark. Yeah. So so then the the P and O, from what I understand, and I'm not a metal science guy. But basically what I understand is that they've removed that coating completely. The that P&O, there, there's nothing on it. And yeah. it's just like, that's the material we've seen yesterday. It's just bare steel, and that's a little bit dull to the to the eye. Yeah, it's you almost know. like a soda blast has been on it or something. Right, yeah, it's like they've soda blasted, yeah. yeah. And so then they just oil it is all they do. And that, that oil finish, you can kind of feel it on there, just the oil. It's present, yeah. yeah, oh yeah. But welding spatter sticks really, really good to that. That's true. <laughs> it's, it's like it's it's really hard to get that loose. And then there's cold roll. Yeah. And then cold roll is a whole nother treat way they do it. You know, yep. it's, that, that's usually in the thinner material. Yeah, that'll be uh, – I, I think it'll – I'm sure you can get it in the larger uh, mm -hmm. thicknesses, thicknesses. But, yeah, generally it's like 16 and down. Yeah. 18, mm -hmm. 22, gauge, yeah. stuff like that. Let's see here. We got a few questions here. Hop up and – that is cool. Everyone's chiming right in. <laughs> yeah, Richard. We'll get that one here in a little bit. I thought they were saying something about the David Crum Ryan here. He says, mill scale is from heating the steel. Yes, I think you're right. And then uh, let me put my glasses on because I'm having a hard Can you read that? Yeah, just like just like making knives, you can clean it before metal, uh, to bare metal and heat it forging temp. You'll have mill scale again. Okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah. My old eyes are tough, <laughs> Too much tough to see. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Now, as far as, like, the chemicals that, like, what I really wanted to do, like, in a perfect world, what I would do is I would have, like, some kind of a brown patina kind of a look uh, with some black, like, almost like marble. 
Like okay. you ever seen a marble cake, you know? Sure. Like it was brown and black. That's kind of what I would yeah. like to have. Well, in that in that process, when you're using uh, these chemicals to change a steel, you're almost painting with the liquid, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, sometimes I'll recommend to apply it with a sponge. These are, now these are gonna be uh, general patinas that are kind of a, an open market for their application, but mm -hmm. you know, alloy based. So you get those and it's water. So it comes in a little, you know, container or however you purchase it, but to get that transfer to your material to let it do its thing, you need to make sure that, you know, you're not wasting that stuff because it's not yeah. cheap. Mm -hmm. uh it's you know the end result is that you desire like you know if, if you put it on really heavy it's mm -hmm. going to tend to run and bleed mm -hmm. and if you put it on at different temperatures it'll react different to the material it, mm -hmm. it touches too so uh, over the years uh if i have like a big sheet let's say i'm going to put a whole sheet on a plasma table and mm -hmm. i want to i want to just get a, a weathered look to my sheet so if i leave that sheet flat it'll generate puddles and leave rings Mm -hmm. If I angle that sheet, it's going to bleed. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, so it just depends on what you get into. But that's for a flat sheet. Mm -hmm. Now, so if you're in a round barbecue, you're not yeah. going to have a lot of choices. So you have to think about all those things before you start applying this stuff. So mm -hmm. I tend to do sample sheets. Like I'll do a 12 by 12 and, and try to get my patina down and my theory down. So, mm -hmm. so I kind of know what I'm going <laughs> to hopefully end up. That's the patience you. part that I don't have. Yeah. yeah. I, I, freaking, I freaking go for it. You know, yeah, well, I, I, I have ruined some stuff yeah, in my well, time. It happens. <laughs> it happens. So, so as far as that goes, like you're basically saying that the thickness of the juice that you sprayed on there can like, if it's a lot thicker in one spot and thinner yeah. in another, it will have an end result on the color. Well, sure. So you have to think about, you know, what you're this process you're doing is strictly a chemical reaction so mm -hmm. heat is going to affect it application is going to affect mm -hmm. it the amount that you apply whether it's let's say you take an air gun from you know get a cheap cheap import paint gun and you can mm -hmm. kind of put from your solution freight. in there and and get that really fine mist so you're almost mm -hmm. like an airbrush application is that's going to saturate your material much different than if you have a squirt bottle with like a large clump, you know, like you're yeah. juicing your brisket, because that's just going to dump stuff on your material. Mm -hmm. And in turn, it's going to like be a tie dye splotch. Mm -hmm. So you have to really kind of watch how you lay yeah. it down and how it, you know, want it to turn that out. That makes sense. Yeah, sure. So, so as far as that goes, then, um, like you're saying about puddling and stuff, you can actually use that to your advantage. Yeah. If you want to have that look. So some tricks that I've done just to get my look down is, uh, you can have your material and put some water on, just straight up water on it. Now you have kind of like a lube surface, almost like you're tinting. When you put on tint, mm -hmm. they saturate all the tint, so everything's kind of lubed up. And you can kind of pregame your material like that, and then apply your pregame, and then it'll help kind of <laughs> uh, distribute your your uh, dyeing agents yeah. onto your material. Yeah. It'll kind of lube it up and help it spread out. That's really cool. So so you can actually, so like the some of it, will it just float on the water? Yeah, it'll kind of float. Or will and it dilute it? It'll dilute and kind of mix in. And huh. uh, depending on which which uh, dye you purchase, you, those are diluted as well. So you can kind of cut those down mm -hmm. or add in some other things mm -hmm. to change colors. As you start getting this down, then mm -hmm. you'll start kind of making your own cocktails to get the right color down. That's really dang cool. So yeah, then uh, it's your own. Yeah. You know? So so you've done this with a lot of different stuff. Like you've painted material, and then actually, uh, have you done that and then broke paint off, scratched yeah. it off, scuffed it up, so sanded uh, it? And you're getting then into my tricks crap? now. You're getting right. into some of my tricks now. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no. <laughs> So, you know, the end result of a lot of these, um, the dyeing um, uh -huh. materials is to have a weathered look or to have like a look that has some depth to it. They just mm -hmm. kind of naturally do that at the mm -hmm. end. So part of that on my end is if I'm, I, I make a lot of gift uh, robot banks mm -hmm. and I will age them to look older. Mm -hmm. And some of my materials are raw. Some are, are pickled like that. And others I paint like right from the start with like a base and a mm -hmm. top coat. So to make them weathered and to get them all gnarly, I mix all the different finishes within that one piece. So we'll paint it, but then I'll take all the raw and I'll dye it black. Mm -hmm. And then I'll take my sander and I'll sand some of it back so it's silver. 
but then I'll take something and I'll just keep adding all these little accents to it. Mm-hmm. And when it's done, there's so many things going on that, you know, it looks like that's how it should be. That's like, cool. Yeah. It kind of tells a story at the mm-hmm. end. So, so can you actually like, could you, if you rusted the material, okay. Before you sprayed this blackening stuff on it, is that going to okay. happen? Would that, would that, that work remind that to I get just, you the brown and black? I think of in my mind, I just said jean jacket. It sounds like an old yeah. distressed jean jacket. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you can do that and you can reverse that too. So you said you would rust it first and then you would blacken it. Maybe. Or maybe the other you way. blacken it and then you rust it first. Gotcha. So both of those are going to have different effects. You know, when you go to your, uh, your Instagram account and you're putting in the highlights and you're putting in the, mm-hmm. the contrast, that's exactly what you're doing you're starting off with that canvas and if you turn it one way this is going to darken up mm-hmm. or if you start the other way the light the other parts will highlight so yeah. you got to find that happy medium where you're like yeah that's the look i'm wow. that's the look i'm after and then you kind of try to remember what you do and don't drink too much when you and, hang and, it out in the garage and be, be okay with messing it up the first well, that, time that's part of it you too know, like you can't your beat yourself up if your finish isn't turning out, you know, just how you planned it out because mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't and, and you are experimenting. Mm-hmm. But once you find that that middle ground that you like, just try to keep revisiting that mm-hmm. and then making small changes as you go. And then eventually mm-hmm. you'll start tweaking to where you like it and you'll lock it down. Yeah. Then it's your own finish and, you know, yeah, it's going to be really hard That's for really someone cool. to mimic you. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I have, uh, Brain cells listening to Frank. <laughs> I tell you what, what did that man, one say? I missed it. I got to go back up to see the rest of it first because that was funny. David's David's throwing it down here. Uh oh. All right, so we're gonna go back and make sure and throw some uh, questions in here, guys. We're gonna come back around. Uh, yeah, funny stuff. There's really no rhyme or reason to this stuff. They have some methods that they, they explain, and then you got to get out there and start kicking tires and make it happen. Hey, BSBBQ. <laughs> I'm actively ruining something right now. He's there watching you on YouTube. That's hilarious, bro. Uh, hey, I love it, man. That's awesome. So, uh, Chris, or uh, I'm sorry, Clint wants to know what is this blackening agent? So, can you explain that a little bit? Um, maybe a brand or something you've uh, used in well, the past. Sculpt New New All is like a French French word there. I think they sell that at an industrial metal supply, which will be okay. online. And King Architectural Textual Metals may have a brand as well. Mm-hmm. There's a couple different guys out there. Um, mm-hmm. I'm making the juices or or the blends, but yeah, um, they're they're a line of patinas, and you can get black, blue. They have a Japanese brown that turns kind of kind of mm-hmm. rusty but uh, uh that also takes on like a gold if it's applied in, in a cold aspect mm-hmm. or if you warm up your steel like set it in the sun or apply some heat to it that same product will go very dark quickly mm-hmm. so that is another way to kind of paint with your solutions like if you had a torch yeah. and you really wanted to emphasize like the mm-hmm. creases of whatever you're doing you can heat that up and then strictly apply in that one area mm-hmm. and you instantly just darken that up and give you, you some contrast. You know, I've really had a hard time finding colors other than black that are Hold on, aren't you colorblind? Steel. I am colorblind. <laughs> That's for fact. <laughs> well. but, but like if, if you wanted to get in there, like you're saying, mix a cocktail, it looks like that the colors like brown leather or whatever they call, call them, yeah. they're, they're like, they'll, they'll say brass, bronze, and yeah. other material. But sure. they're they're not gonna work on steel, or is it just not gonna give you that color on steel? Uh, it's a, it just depends on what you're picking up. So yeah. it's, that's true on both ways. Sometimes it won't mm-hmm. react at all, and other times it's uh, um, okay. It just doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Um, and you don't have to stick with these products that they're selling mm-hmm. with the labels and the colors on them. You can use things like bleach, vinegar, mm-hmm. salt. Natural mm-hmm. heat, you know, all that stuff will have an effect on the mm-hmm. steel. Back yeah, to your cocktail. You you, know? you can actually blue steel with a torch and then oil it right yeah. afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's that's basically hot bluing is what that is. Yeah, you. Um, I, I recommend you start looking on on finishes for mild mm-hmm. steel online mm-hmm. and start reading things and stuff you don't want to deal with. It touch skip and find a method yeah. that you like. Yeah. And chances are you have all the stuff sitting in your garage. Yeah, you just gotta like get it together and apply it. Yeah. 
So, so specifically the kind that I'm using is uh, made by a company named Jax. I was able to buy a gallon of it for like 59 bucks from their website. Yeah. And it's in it's California. Not it's not cheap. It was in California and they shipped it to me. So it was like uh, uh, 30 bucks for shipping, I think. Yeah, that's um, about right. You get a tiny discount as you get more volume. Like you can get four gallons of it and get like a somewhat five or so percent discount, whatever. I looked all over Amazon and I couldn't find anything bigger than eight ounces. Oh, okay. or, or a quart. I think I could find a quart, I think, near a pint. But uh, I wanted to have enough to do 10 cookers is what it was. Yeah. So, so I'd, that's it, where you, you better swing first and see <laughs> if that's what you really want. <laughs> because we might wind up screwing up 10 cookers. Yeah. Now, in contrast to all of this, you know, like I said, paint cost has went way up. It was like 35 bucks a quart for uh, uh, Rust-Oleum High Heat, which was the old standby, you know. But... Um, as far as as far as the uh, um, the like powder coating and stuff like that, I did go out and get a prize for them to put high temp powder coat on this. Care to guess per, uh, per unit? <laughs> I don't know. I man, if I took that in, I'd have to say like three fifty to four twenty five more more with with and the guy's sixty miles away. But this does not count shipping at all. This is just the cooker. If I drove it up there and dropped it off. If actually, I'm sorry, if I drove 10 of them up there and dropped them off, right, and then brought 10 more when I come pick those up, that's so we're talking volume, right? Every 10, every two weeks, $500. Wow. A piece. So now is that a single stage powder coat or is this a multiple? So it's single stage basically, okay. but but they have to uh, sandblast for it to for it okay. to for it to etch on and it's a 450 degree cure sure you know yeah but uh and it's a satin it's kind of it's not black it's more like a charcoal black it's like kind okay. of gray or oh, kind all right. of gray a little bit on the gray side um but yeah here bs leave it to the colorblind guy <laughs> oh does it make it does it make it diff, uh difficult to uh put my glasses on I think you meant ID colors. So what happens is, is it's not that I don't see colors. It's that some colors look identical to other colors. They like different hues, like, like green and black sometimes will look identical. Green and red, blue and purple doesn't exist. So it's all blue, you know, or I say periwinkle because nobody knows what that is. You know, maybe he knows what that is, but I don't know what that is. <laughs> you do? I do. <laughs> That's hilarious. So anyway, that's that's the colorblind part of it. So uh, anyway, you can do this here. You can do a lot of cool stuff. Um, the one thing I did notice that while I was doing the reading is that these cure these pickling agents or these blackening agents are not rust preventers. So you still have to do something to prevent sure. rust, I suppose. Yeah. So yeah. you're just getting your tone down, your color mm -hmm. on top of the surface, kind of mm -hmm. down. Is, is that the, is that blackening stuff the same thing as what's like black oxide on sockets, or is it a different process? Because they dip that. Oh, you know, I don't know. I wondered if it was because I've never I, really had a socket rust. I was just curious, like. Oh, oh, on that. Oh, I got you. Um, yeah. I think that's a similar process, but I don't think it's the same process. Yeah. It doesn't look the same to me. Mm -hmm. But I know yeah. what you're talking about. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, cool. So we got, what's it, 530 here. Let's go through and see if we can go back to the beginning and see if we got any questions. Guys, if you if you throw it down in there in the comments, we'll we'll for sure answer it for you here if you got a question. Let's see, running through here. Oh, me? somebody want to know if I'm hiring on Facebook. Um, I'm not hiring. You hiring? Right not right now. Sorry, yeah, sir. not hiring right yet, but you know, stay hang in there, bud. I'm sure we will at some point. Surely fabrication. What's up, fellas? Uh Richard here. Let's see. Uh may have screwed up. I'm not sure, but I took my tank down to clean metal and it's rusted pretty good now. Can I still put the linseed oil on it? Or we'll have to take the rust off. I'm gonna say he can put it right on. Yeah, you can put that on there. Yeah, it'll seal it up. Yeah. Now that rust is gonna absorb that linseed oil. And I think there's like a Depending on where you live in the humidity, there's a two-day flash period mm -hmm. before that stuff kind of hardens up and you can yeah. take another look on there. So mm -hmm. 
And then yeah. over time that will harden and then it'll slowly kind of fade off too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I got the old uh I think I got it right here. The old Texas match here. I aim <laughs> I aim that up inside the firebox is what I've been doing and just leaving oh, the doors open. Yeah. Yeah, that, that seems uh that seems to kind of cure it pretty quick too. Leaving yeah. it out in the sun. You know, on a good hot summer day, help help yeah, speed it up. Yeah, if yeah. you can just slowly get that up a little bit, I mean, that's good. Yeah, It'll help everything stick. Yeah, I I really do like the linseed oil coating, though. I, yeah. I I really do like that. It's it's I I do believe that maybe if if you're a professional builder and there's some guys, you know, your customers it just depends on who they are. You know, some people may flip thumb their nose at it, you know, but. As far as I'm concerned, I'm linseed oil coating all my cookers. Yeah, you know? it's, it's nothing beats having a sample piece of steel to show somebody, and you know, mm -hmm. just less verbiage you have. That's to try a good to, idea to get away. Just be like, "Hey, check this out. Yeah. This was made on this time. It's X amount of years old, and it's feeling pretty good." You know? Yeah, for sure. Or they're they're gonna tell you, "No way, I don't. I definitely don't want that." <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, here's a good question from Richard again. And uh, can you use one of those electric paint sprayers to spray linseed oil? You can, but I don't think it's necessary. I, I literally just have the little Windex gun. Yeah. And I just give it like three little squirts. I don't even worry about how much I coat it. I just take a towel and just wipe over it yeah. and spread it around. That linseed oil will, a lot will go a long way. Yeah. So you can work it. And you don't want to oversaturate and apply that at once because it'll kind of yellow up and it'll become real sticky. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just not great. It's easier to slowly build that up and get it to where you want it. Yeah, really thin coats. You can always add more later. That uh, finish has like a very old worldly, almost a blacksmith feel to mm -hmm. it when it's said and done. Yeah, it does. It's it's great. And you can always add just a little bit more if you need it. Yeah. So yeah, These, these uh, pieces of steel that we're talking about, the coating mm -hmm. and, and finishing, you know they're alive they're they're absorbing the moisture in the air we're getting them hot they're contracting they're expanding mm -hmm. so this is an ongoing process to keep these things you know clear just like your car you know you can wax it but mm -hmm. what did you just live that car through like is the wax gone or did you just right. ignore it like all these things yeah. will continue to erode so you just got to stay on top of whatever you do oh yeah uh let's see here yeah jim made it jim newell glad you're here bud um yeah we talked about that that isn't it like impurities uh i've heard that too it's like just the stuff that comes up while you're uh curing the metal the mill scale hmm. uh yeah david confirmed that uh-huh still reading let's see bs barbecue i know you said you're actively ruining something or something <laughs> right now i hope it's going well <laughs> sometimes so, that's the best way to get to the to the best result you know just think you're failing until you're not yeah we talked to clint already about the blackening agent and it's uh it is like a chemical of some kind and like aaron said it, it's just a cocktail yeah. of like a whole bunch of stuff um, yeah to get that color and mm -hmm. um um every company has a different name and a different recipe mm -hmm. Recipe, but, but you're gonna look for like a blackening agent, a darkening agent, bluing, um, a bluing agent, cold, cold bluing. Yeah. yeah, they'll refer to it as, but it's all mm -hmm. just a, a applique. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We talked about colorblind. I hear you can learn anything, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I can, I can hear you. I hear you can learn anything on YouTube. There's a pro for everything in there. He's right. <laughs> Some of those pros got really whacked out ideas too, especially on my channel. Uh, let's see. Make sure it's a thousand gallon smoker to get your money worth for five hundred bucks. Yeah, I think what he's talking about is like if you sprayed that thousand gallon, you're gonna have you're gonna run through some product. Oh, and I yeah. and I think as far as application goes, talk a little bit about that. How you know how you was telling me to apply it? Is that okay? Yeah, with, with the, the gun. With yeah, the, yeah. You hit it a little bit already. But. Okay. Um, well. This stuff is costly and yeah, projects will consume. So I like to put that in just as a, a P, um, what's a gun called? A pneumatic gun. Yeah, yeah it's like H a HVLP. HVLP gun. So yeah, with a very small tip. Yeah, and I'll get that just super misty. Mm -hmm. And so it's not a lot of overspray. And then just start giving that thing a nice coating. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll put it on to the point where it's not running. But, you know, you just sit there and work it and, uh, and let us do this thing. So, mm -hmm. 
a lot of times with this agent, they'll refer to uh, like a sponge application. Mm -hmm. And that may be fine for like a little bronze statue or something mm -hmm. that's small. But when you got long pieces of steel, like the one guy had it raw, mm -hmm. you're going to start kind of painting that with a brush almost. That sponge will turn into like a brush. And again, this is all a science, you know, experiment. Mm -hmm. So as soon as that material, that that liquid, that juice is exposed to the oxygen in there, it's going to start, you know, aging and darkening. So if you start anew here and you don't ever change out your sponge, you're just going to slowly get this thing saturated and darker and you're going to have a really dirty applicator. Mm -hmm. So I like to use that small batch you know, at a time in that spray gun. So it's constantly fresh. It's mm -hmm. not sitting there, you know, I'm not revisiting in that, mm -hmm. in that uh, source. So when you pour that out, don't put your stuff on top and spill the bottle over it. You just contaminated your whole bottle. Oh, put yeah. that in a separate cup or put that in yeah. something. And if I'm using a paintbrush, I'll get like the little cups to get at the dentist and I'll just use that much at a time. Mm -hmm. And then I'll rinse my brush and I'll let it sit and I'll get a different brush and a different cup and continue. Yeah. So I'm constantly with a fresh product and a fresh applicator. So mm -hmm. everything is consistent as it can be. Yeah, because any any impurities, oil, anything like that, like if you it, it tells you in the instructions what I saw, it tells you to, to really clean the surface really good with some kind of, uh, you know, just I mean, I don't like to say wax and oil remover because it doesn't really work. Um, but like acetone, whatever, clean it really good. But you also got to remember that as you start to clean, that rag is getting full of the oil and all the crap that's on the surface. Yeah. And you're just going to start smearing that around. Yeah. So it's almost like you got to be, you got to be hyper clean when you're doing something like this. I'm gloved up. Yeah. And I got I constantly new, whatever I'm using, I have enough where it looks bad. I'm mm -hmm. putting it aside and grabbing a new. Yeah. Cause it even said that if you have oil on your hands and you're like, if you use, it'll hurt your hands. First of all, it yeah. is a chemical. It'll turn, it'll hurt <laughs> you white and chalky. Yeah. So, but if, even if you was brave enough and you could tough that out, you're still going to get oil off your hands in that chemical concoction and you're going to contaminate it. So it's really important to keep the surface prep clean. And then they said on the instructions to use Dawn dishwashing soap yeah. and water to like wash it one more time. Um, on an earlier podcast, Daryl Stites said Windex because it's got ammonia in it and stuff and it evaporates very quick and yeah. all of that might be okay. It works for car paint, so I would assume it's good yeah. for this. But keeping it really, really clean and then do the application. And like Aaron's saying, change out your applicator or do small batches. Just Can, be mindful yeah. of what's happening in your hands because it could steer your product, you know, yeah. not to where you wanted it to by the end. Right. Um, oh, he says uh, anodized is the process for sockets. I do remember that now. Um, let's see. Etch paints and primers have any. See what Kevin says here. Do, do etch paints and primers have any benefits on smokers? Um, is I mean, yeah, basically the etch part and the primer part is just basically helping you get the paint to stick. Is yeah. pretty much all that's doing. It's and uh, I think you can you, if you when you do a when you sand material you're actually making little hooks in the material something for the paint to grab to and that's also going to help as well um I, that's my opinion i mean yeah. you, you agree with that it's a, yeah. it's a benefit to keep the paint to stick like you said there mm -hmm. um but uh like the self-etching paint like rust-oleum high heat that's why i always liked it was because it was self-etching you know, you didn't need a primer with it necessarily. You How did that do in the long term for you? It does great, except on a firebox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing's going to last on a firebox unless you cure it at 1,200 degrees, like the can says, you know. Oh, yeah. And even then, it's still going to wear off over time. Quite the oven to get that something that big, that hot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Let's see. David Crumrines, uh, he's asking for a good hot day here in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. You just left all that. I did. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Uh, yeah, Jim, I got those pictures today, Jim Newell. Uh, let's see, with it being rusty already, let's see. I wouldn't really wipe it. I would just mist it and wait a little while and then mist it again, do that three or four times. I, I think so, yeah. 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 
Yeah, once that uh, is formed, that finish that you like, yeah, just slowly seal it in. Yeah, mm -hmm. don't, don't move it around. Yeah. Let's see. No one likes a dirty applicator. <laughs> Brian says. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, yeah, 20 bucks is 20 bucks nowadays. That's right, David. So, uh, so yeah, that's really cool. So let's talk a little bit about design then, because um, okay. I wanted to hit on that as well um, with you. So just kind of just give us a 30,000 foot view of like how you approach a project. Like we've, we've got the math figured out. We've got a tank. We've got the, 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 the basic foundation for what we're going to build. How would you look at it after that? Like if you really wanted to make this thing cool and different. Well, um, a lot of that is personal preference. You know, uh, you're going to have your own style and you want it to reflect that into what you're doing. So I think if you stick with whatever your personal preference is mm -hmm. and apply it to your smoker, you're going to be good. So if you're into like uh, the Punisher and that's your thing and you like that logo, then incorporate it. You know, I, I don't want to say go full theme on your smoker, <laughs> but you can incorporate something and it doesn't have to be like the literal logo. It could be something that all encompasses that. And mm -hmm. almost like you have to piece it together and then you're like, hey, this is kind of the Punisher theme, right? You know, mm -hmm. so they're like little subtle hints of what your overall uh, mm -hmm. target is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you use a lot of things that you find or you have laying around, you know? Sure. Yeah. Uh, you do the, you do the scrapyard. I like uh, to make a lot of scrapyard art and I do mm -hmm. like retro robots and I like old mm -hmm. signs and things like that. So yeah, if I'm doing, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be building that 500, right? Mm -hmm. So last night I started sketching out a gun. I've never made a gun smoker, <laughs> you know, but here's this round and round. So I started thinking about, okay, I've seen a lot of shotgun smokers yeah. or, or revolver smokers. So I want was thinking about a single shot shotgun. And then what does the barrel look like where the firebox would be? Well, I was thinking of putting some shelves so I can put potential mm -hmm. logs to warm up. But if you're back 15 feet, it could look like a wood stock on the mm -hmm. back of the smoker. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. So take that and then you move and there's going to be a, a trigger or a trigger and then a pin, yeah. you know, so, mm -hmm. and then you're going to put in the sights on there. So if you just start adding these little subtle things and mm -hmm. they don't, they could be like small, they don't have to be like big exaggerated cherries on this thing. <laughs> they could just be subtle details where yeah. it takes a guy a minute to kind of recognize kind of pull it in and yeah. be like, Oh, and then they'll start looking even harder. Yeah. And you just keep adding little details all over to tie all that in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so where I've always struggled is uh, I, I really have a hard time visualizing like that. I, I feel I don't I just don't feel like I'm artistic enough to go in there. Like I'm just going raw on that yeah. pit out there, you know. Like, okay, okay, but going raw. Okay, yeah. you already have a set of values that you like. Yeah, you don't wear lime green shirts yeah. and whatever hats. Okay, you are you already have a go-to. Mm -hmm. So if you just rely on what you like mm -hmm. and what appeals to you you're gonna have a better product at the end because you're not worried about like am i representing this style well that i'm new to and i'm not really sure if this mm -hmm. is you know totally cool or correct mm -hmm. no just do whatever you like mm -hmm. you know shut off the world mm -hmm. you know what you like you know what you wouldn't wear and and what you do like and try to incorporate that and in my eyes i try to do it uh, in a tasteful manner that's a, mm -hmm. a little reserved but kind of hidden. Mm -hmm. And uh, to me, it gives it a little more value mm -hmm. as opposed to like creating a piece of artwork that already exists, mm -hmm. I didn't invent, and already has a whatever it is, and then gluing it to the front of my smoker <laughs> and being like, I'm done. Like that doesn't that doesn't work for me. I would rather try to be more, more yeah. thoughtful. Like think about the hinges. Think about mm -hmm. the, the hinges kind of accent the handles. Does that accent the the mm -hmm. shoot? You know, yeah. kind of tie all that stuff in there. Mm -hmm. Like maybe when you get to your smoker, build all the hardware at once and mm -hmm. make sure they all kind of look like each other. Mm -hmm. Then put them all on your smoker. Yeah. So so we get we get so caught up in function and getting the pit done, you know, and uh, just doing what we see everybody else do and just trying to fit the mold. Yeah. And and that's kind of that's kind of what I'm hitting towards here is like you know, how that discovery process, like understand some guys don't even know what they're into. <laughs> you know, I mean, it could be as simple as like, I got, I like to golf, 
You know, I mean, it well, could be. My, my nephew told me that. I asked my nephew what his favorite color was one time. Yeah. He goes, I don't know. I don't know what my favorite color is. He was in his early 20s. Because I would say the same thing. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, well, you have this silver vest. Yeah. And you have this silver pencil. Uh-huh. And you have, and I just started collecting all these colors silver from his apartment. Things. And he's like, oh, I like silver. I'm all, no shit, you like silver. So that was like, you know, it's already around you. Just slow, slow down, take a step yeah. back and see what's there. And yeah. then, and then, yeah. Some, some of us are a victim of our environment though. Like with this <laughs> shop, I don't even know what color this is. I didn't build it. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but no, like if, if, if you get around uh, my stuff, I usually have like that. Uh, you know, like the well, like this this drafting desk we're sitting at is, you know, beat up wood that's been drafted on. It's got a whole lot of parts that were sitting on it. It's natural, you know, like it's all beat up naturally. The 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 metal has got what color is that on the metal? It's a green. Almost it's a, a, it's a green. green. So yeah, I, I do a lot of that kind of green, kind of bronze. Okay, you know, so if you were to strictly look at this stuff. table, that's why I'm telling you brown. Like I want to make that brown and black. If and, you look at this table and be like, man. This, yeah. If I can just make my smoker look like this table, yeah. what does that mean? Yeah. Well, paint the frame green. Mm -hmm. Cut off a piece of this tabletop. Use it yeah. as a shelf. Mm -hmm. You know, just incorporate whatever you can mm -hmm. and just transfer it over. And then all of a sudden, that new thing becomes yeah, yeah, yeah. this old thing. That's really good, man. Because I, I know that, you know, with a lot more people, uh, with a lot more people getting into building pits and then, and then with all the different, you know, there's already guys out there that are established that have yeah. their way of doing things, you know, giving people some creativity, Sure. you know, the ability to, the ability to find the environment that they're in. Like, you know, somebody else that I like to watch his builds is Dustin from Mule Skinner. Yeah. You know, he, 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 he does some really cool that, stuff. Yeah. Like he, what are those wheels called that he uses? The, the rims. Those old oh, school. Uh, oh, that I don't yeah, know. I can't remember. You can get them on uh, Summit Racing, I think. Um, but whenever he, he gets them, he paints them something, you know, like yeah. turquoise. Oh, like yeah, that, yeah. You know, yeah, that, like that was really. cap, bubble cap. Wheels yeah, yeah, with the bubble cap and stuff on them. I, I like that kind of stuff. Sure. You know, that's really cool. Um, I'm it's not. those subtle, subtle things that will separate you mm -hmm. from the last guy, too. Yeah, yeah. So being able to, being, being okay with going out on a limb and. Trying new stuff like that is pretty cool, you if know. It, if it's mechanically sound and functional, then game yeah. on. Do I mean do it? It doesn't yeah. matter what it looks like as mm -hmm. long as it appeals to you. So if we got a couple, and if it questions. really sucks, your friends are going to tell you, <laughs> or maybe they won't. <laughs> They'll probably tell you. In, in the barbecue industry, most most of your <laughs> friends, when you're cooking for them, they're like, "Oh, it's great." Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe later they'll tell you. <laughs> Let's see here. How long does linseed oil last on the firebox? So, uh, I mean, about how, a, a it's year. hard to say. How yeah. often do you cook? And how what hot is, do you cook? Is it outside underwater? Yeah. yeah. How hot do you cook? Yeah. It's, how much did you put on? Mm -hmm. it, it just depends on on mm -hmm. a lot of the factors on there. The the really good news is is that the linseed oil part of it is so simple to just wipe new on. Yeah. You so know? think about if you had that powder coated, and uh, two years have gone by or whatever, and it's it's uh, burnt off. You can't just reapply no. powder coat on there you yeah. have to strip it start <clears throat> clean again and put it on as opposed to just putting on more urethane or high yeah. temp or, or applying something like that and and the other thing is too is that you won't be able to find like spray paint that matches the you're not going to be able to blend it it's it's going to no. stick out you'd have to start from yeah. you'd have to begin with a rattle can and yeah. then find a powder to match it and kind of work it like that almost yeah so, so linseed's my vote on that. Even yeah. if you painted it and then put linseed all over it, and then embrace the rust and the scratches. Yeah, yeah. So I like it's that. almost like barbecue should be that clinically clean. It needs to be a little little play in there with the patina. Yeah, here's here's Brian. He says I'm not a, I'm not artistic at all. I follow plans like I've got OCD, which is why Paul plays for Frank. We're here for you, man. As far as the mechanical side, I got that. Yeah, but Brian, you have a particular shoe on that you really like, and that's your go-to. So you yeah. got to think about that. Yeah, you still have style in there somewhere. You just got to try to find it and apply it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I you know one of the things I really really like is is like blacksmith stuff. Oh yeah, you, you yeah. know, like beat up metal. You know, hammered out, heated up, heat and beat. You know, yeah, all of that, and and I think that's why I like this raw finish so much with sure. linseed oil and all of that in the mill scale, and uh, you know, it just it 
it, it just – I don't know what it is about it. I just like it. Well, to me, it, it preserves a lot of what already is there. So yeah. you're kind of you're kind of patching all this together, and and it's all new for the mm-hmm. first time. But then you put a coating on everything. Like maybe your firebox is white, and then you have a raw tank. But when you get said done, and you put that linseed oil on everything, now it has a common sheen, mm-hmm. and it's almost like you've gave it a common blanket or coat, and everything's believable now. Like, yeah. oh, this is as it should be, you know, as yeah. opposed to just mix and match. Oh yeah! You remember when Volkswagen came out with all the multicolored uh, golfs and all that? They yeah. had like a bright. That was wild, right? <laughs> At first, I saw that. I'm like, that's some weird custom blah yeah. blah blah. And then I, I'm like, oh, that's a factory thing. It was mm-hmm. wild. Yeah. Oh, let's see here. We got Kevin's got something here. It says best barbecue advice he received with his food truck was to prepare what you like and you will find customers who like your product. And I think the same could be said with your style of cookers. Yep. Yes, sir. Yep. Let's see. Design smokers for my handle or my handles for my smoker. How do you get someone to make it without stealing the design? Oh, yeah. They see, that's kind of what we're hitting around. We're not really hitting that direct like that, but that's, that's kind of what happens is, is when you, when you come up with some idea and you, and you create it, I mean, you're robots. I've, my, I, you know, I make these little robot things. I'm yeah. not like Mr. Robot. I didn't invent the robot. I just do my spin on them. Mm-hmm. But somebody blatantly ripped my style off or mm-hmm. whatever and was even selling in, around my area. Mm-hmm. And there was no, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. I mean. Except be continue to be creative yeah. and make a new thing. That's, that's what I do. Yeah. So, They'll never catch you. If you're constantly developing something yeah. and coming up with something new. They'll, they'll never catch and, and, you know, that's the thing about, like, even if you look back at all the stuff Tom and I built over the years, you know, the drum parts, you know, and the smoker parts and all this stuff, you know, the uh, the thing is, is that there's a lot of people out there that just jump on a train that's already yeah. running. And, you know, it's, it's, it's I, I don't really think there's anything wrong with that. You know, it, it actually helps everybody if there's a whole lot going on in a scene. If there's a whole lot of food vendors in one particular place – that's great because there's going to be more people come to that spot. You get more attention that way. But at the same time, you know, I never got a patent on anything with that anyway, yeah. because a design patent doesn't hold up for anything. Yeah. And, and uh, all they got to do is change some, something about it and make it not a derivative work. And then you get into a whole nother deal. So it's just almost better to just keep being creative. Don't look in the rear view mirror, trudge on ahead, find new customers, if you're doing this for a living or find a new design, do something cooler and then let the me too's have what you already did. Yeah. You'll, you'll be surprised how transparent that appears when someone's just blatantly stealing something else. And there's no, um, there's no cooth there. They're, they're, mm-hmm. it, it's a short thrill for that person because they yeah. have, they don't have anything to be original about. So they're going to steal yours. So Absolutely. It's there's, a short window that their success, if you want to call it. Well, that, yeah. Like if they even get anywhere with it, because yeah. usually it's a short lived deal. They'll wind up falling off because they didn't have the creativity and the commitment yeah. to start with. They're so grasping. They're grasping. <laughs> they're trying to get, ride the train, you know, I appreciate that. David, he says, I already got a good customer base. Ain't no need in changing for other people. There you go. That's it. Uh, let's see. BS. He says, sometimes I think we focus too much on colors when we're dealing with it. Metal or with metal, it naturally has some great colors. I, I think agree. it would be helpful to think about textures and accenting that way instead. I totally agree also. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I like to, uh, if I'm building something out of an assemblage of old parts, mm-hmm. I'll try to find the largest part or the largest color uh, apparent, and then I'll complement it so everything kind of makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Read your material. Absolutely. Let's see. Glad I caught this. Uh, just finished my 500-gallon pit and have been deciding to paint or to clear. <laughs> That's the age-old question right there. <laughs> uh, let's see. One more here. What time is it? Oh, it's time. I definitely used your videos to guide me through the design of my big pit. Thanks. Hey, I appreciate that. Um, well, hey, guys, like I said, I uh, appreciate you guys joining in here. But real quick, one more time, we have a 40% off sale happening over at smokerplans.net. Uh, today is the 22nd, if you're catching us on the replay, um, uh, 22nd of August. Anyway, 40% off sale on all the design, the files, the you know the plans, blueprints, designs at smokerplans.net. 
head on over there and take advantage. Grab as much as you can. I don't mind at all. And uh, anyway, we'll be back here. I don't know, maybe a week or two. We'll do another one of these. Who knows who we'll have on next time. Make sure and let me know in the comments on this episode who you would nominate for me to have on the show next. Who knows? I might have Aaron interview somebody. Could be. <laughs> I got to get to know this place. <laughs> That's right. Hey, we appreciate you guys. Hang in there. Keep it up. Uh, keep your smoke thin and blue. By the way, don't forget to go back and watch yesterday's YouTube video. See you.